this is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. It is so good to see each and every one of you this morning. Wow, the temperature has changed. You know what they say about Texas, right? One of these, one of these evenings, right, you're going to be sitting around at 95 degrees, and out of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're going to get cold. And it's dark, just like that. And so that is beginning here in Texas. So praise be to the Lord. I am ready for some cooler temperatures, but not too cold. Amen? All right. It is so good to see you today. We want to go and start things out. Now, first of all, uh, asking you to join me in prayer this morning. For my beloved Israel, whom you may know, Israel has been attacked. And um, there are um, multiple, multiple casualties, well over 600 at this time. And uh, please, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to Jesus' name. Lord God, we, we lift up the apple of your eye, Lord, with him. And we ask you, Father God, that we can't touch him. Let them know right now, Lord, that you are with him. They'll never lose him off the church anymore. And I want to remind them, Lord, if I could, that you are their shepherd, Lord. And they will only walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you are with them. And your rod and your staff will comfort them, Lord. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would hear their prayers. I know, Lord, everyone will lose their lives. Everyone who is proven, Lord, is praying right now that God is with them. And I pray, Lord, that you let the world know there is a God in this. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you take charge of now, protect you, Lord, from the evil of Hamas, Hezbollah, and any other terrorist organization, Lord, that would dare touch the apple of your eye. Bless them, Lord God, and keep them here safe. And I pray, Father God, that you would turn this horrible time a time of rejoicing, Lord. And I'm trusting in you and blessing you even now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. To visit me with us this morning, I want to ask you to fill out the visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place of offering prayers and come ask me in that direction when you visit. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what's happening at Ralph Stanley Baptist Church. Well, as you know, our youth group got together yesterday and we did a little fishing down on the land passage river. I just want you to know that I was with the youth group and I outfished them all. <laughs> I caught the first fish. <laughs> and I had a good time fishing with them. So, anyways, with that being said, uh, I want to thank you for letting your youth group go with us into that. We do have some more things planned for the youth group, so be on the lookout for that. Get involved in it. You've got a young person out there uh, that needs to get involved in the youth group. We have a very active youth group group up there. We've got a church to come be a part of that. Uh, with that being said as well, we are collecting still for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, our items of the month we're looking for are wow items, and those are soccer balls, baby dolls, Barbies, all the stuff. Usable incidents for the Christmas service to fit inside of those shoe boxes. So, if you need more information, you can be happy to share with you how you can catch that, how you can get that, how you might even be able to obtain those items to get in there. Out in the foyer, you'll find that we are collecting for our uh, turkey outreach. We like to give away 30 to 40 Thanksgiving dinners each year. And this year, we're targeting 35 of our targets to give away. And so, we're collecting for that. We are uh, focusing on However, it changes each week, so next week we'll have a new focus, and that's going to look out in our upcoming event newsletter that comes out every Thursday. If you're not getting that, let the office know. You can get an address to our uh, email list, and you'll get that up 
so you can get with DJ for more information on that as well. But she wants to make sure that you know it is the last chance to do that. All right. Um, I think that's it for the money. Oh, one more item. Um, coming up on this Sunday of this month, October 29th, we will be hosting a fifth Sunday theme. We'll have a potluck dinner at 5 p.m. After that, we'll have a theme, just a theme service from 6 to about 7 or 7 30. So we will ask you to be a part of that. If you can sing and want to sing, we want you to come and sing in that. What you need to do is by signing up in March, sign up with the office and give us your interest in that so we can get you in the time slot to do a singing like this. There are several other churches that have been coming to join us, so be a part of that. It's going to be a blessing to fellowship with them. All right. I think that's it. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Would you like to come share that? Come on. Happy birthday to you. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, we please God. We welcome one another. Father God, we come down. Jesus, name we want to thank you so much for keeping together in the house, Lord. Would you go with us now? Well, we are asking for a double, triple portion of your spirit, Lord, to take each other's hearts here. It may be the day, Lord, we start worshiping you. We worship you and keep your spirit. I pray, Lord God, you speak in the heart and you and me to know you and you and me to the heart that we can say you today, Lord. I pray, Father God, for those who are out traveling. Those, Lord God, who are caught away by work or something else, let them know their love and pray for them and take them back to you. Go with us now for a time of worship. Be glorified. Be magnified, Lord God. May each and every heart rejoice in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Help these lives welcome one another.
If you would, would you please return to your seat? Uh, my brother Adam, God bless you. Welcome home, my friend. Well, you all probably know we have lots of church members that are out traveling, and it's a holiday weekend, you know, so someone's always asking, Pastor, would you let us out early? And I told him, maybe for a small fee of $20. However, I do want to tell you that tonight, when you come to service tonight, I will let you out early tonight, so we will be leaving about 6.45. So, uh, yeah, you can hold me to it. I've said it from the pulpit that sets it in stone. So, 6.45, we're going to be done with service tonight. So, all right. Um, we do have one more announcement I want to share with you. Then we have an Operation Christian Child video. Ваша в том числе, 
они помогут им вырасти хорошими людьми, духовными людьми. Моя главная мечта, чтобы жизнь моего ребенка сложилась более удачно, более счастливой. Пусть что дети оценят это внимание, эти подарки и то, что с ними стараются заниматься. We see the magnificent hand of God in this box. We hope that the message will bring healing.
I need it. I'm telling you. <laughs> you have your Bibles with you. Come to please the book of Galatians, chapter four. Now, if you were with us Wednesday evening, we had an interesting Bible study. And at the end of service, I don't always do this, but I gave away what we were teaching about. We told you we're going to be looking at eyeballs. Yes, we are looking at eyeballs today. So, in Galatians. something like this? Well, by you, but that kind of puts a little bit of a spill on me. Would it be something like that? All right. You know, when I when I was Googling that this past couple of days to write that out, when I would put eyes around the corner, almost everything was a cat. I was like, some cat lady put this together. Didn't you? Maybe you might think of this. Someone will say, Pastor, you love history, so you know what that is. Let me tell you who found that for me. My secretary did you do an amazing job. Thank you for that. Uh, Kilroy. Kilroy was a little meme, the beginning of memes, if you will, in World War II. What it was was the idea that no matter how alone you may feel as a U.S. soldier, somebody was there before you were. No matter how alone you may feel, or whether you feel like you're the only one that thugs up that hill, the only one that feet up that ground, well, still was, was there. And so that's the point of it. It's kind of a funny meme that he made to look around and feel alone as he was. Um, he ended up being on the noses of airplanes, on the B-52s and the bombers and some of the fighters. He ended up on the ships and on some of the submarines and eventually everywhere. And I guess throughout the year, Kilroy was still out. So let's talk about eyes. Galatians chapter 4, verses 13 16, the Bible tells us, You know that because of physical infirmity, I preach the gospel to you as a friend. In my trial, which is in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. But you received me as an angel of God, even Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that it's possible you will have plucked out your own eyes. Father, from heaven, we come to you this morning. Lord, my heart is heavy for my, my beloved brethren, Lord, in this prayer. And I know you've heard our prayer. And I know you'll answer. And I know, Lord God, you will never leave your successful people. And that is enough, Lord. That is enough. So I pray what I'm going to speak to you. And look at you, 
own eyes, and literally gave them to Paul, saved them with Paul. You hear Paul dictating later on to these other letters. He dictates those letters to the church, and at the end, he signs them. In other words, someone writes them out what he is voicing out. Uh, sometimes they're Luke, sometimes they're Titus, sometimes they're few other people, and sometimes there's Christians we don't really know much about. I, Tertullius, who wrote this epistle, you know, uh, the one who took the case from uh, So Paul signs it at the end. But here in Galatians, he does something amazing. Paul writes this in Galatians, chapter 2, where if you jump ahead, 611, you don't have to do that. In 611, he actually tells us, see, with what large letters I have written to you with my own hands. Because he can't speak. Some say, well, Pastor, I think that meant a very long letter. I don't think so. I think it means big letters. Big. See, what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. What? You can't see. This is a labor of love to the Apostle Paul to sit down and to actually write it himself. Remember, Apostle Paul tells us, and you just read it there in chapter 4, verse 14, I try Remember, Paul tells us that problem. My Messiah, he did not despise or reject, but he received me as an angel of God. He was Christ Jesus. Of course, the famous one of verse 15. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? Well, I bear you witness that it's possible here. That's not the only time. So, some theologians would come together, and I don't want to bore you this morning with theology or interesting thoughts of what things mean. A lot of people say, well, Pastor, is that Paul Thorne? Well, that's Corinthians 12, 7, Paul's not. I bet that should be exalted above the major by the abundance of the revelations of thorn in the flesh. I mean, you read about Paul's trial in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, that I be exalted above the major. So perhaps this is, and you know what? You don't really know. Paul doesn't really tell us what his thorn is. We can speculate, we can guess. We can look at it, but I want you to think about how hard it would have been right now in your heart of hearts, in your mind of eye, to start thinking about what it would be like to be the Apostle Paul and to walk into cities and to walk into synagogues and to walk into churches, lay your hands upon the sick and watch them get healed, to lay your hands upon the blind and watch them get the sight now. And then you go to God and say, My eyes are showing them, like we read about there. Hurting. Why are they hurting? Well, have you ever went wrong without your back? Imagine writing those letters in silence. That labor of love. They're hurting me. There was a thorn in my flesh. God takes us away from them. Of course, God responds in the way that He does. My grace. But we are talking about eyes this morning. Not thorns. Eyes. I told you Wednesday night that we were going to learn about eyeballs. We're going to take a look at that. And I wish that I had some deep scientific knowledge that I could tell you about retinas and lenses and ocular nerves. I wish I could tell you all about those things, but I really don't know much about them. But there is something I know something about, and I want to share that with you. See, we're talking about eyes, not thorns this morning. Specifically, we need to pay attention to 
at the Galatians would have given their eyes to Paul. He would have, they would have given their eyes because they could have. They saw him in pain and they said, if we could, we could put our eyes out and give them to you. In fact, let's look at verse 15 again. What then was the blessing you enjoyed, says the Apostle Paul? For I bear you witness. I remember. I saw you and I heard you. If possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. So literally, what Paul is saying is, if you could have, you would have given me new eyes. You would have given me new eyes. Boy, that opens up the whole new people. New eyes. A new way of seeing things. And you know something that brings us to what we're talking about this morning? As we're looking into eyeballs, some of us have been looking at things with those dusty, musty, crusty old eyes for the last 30 years. It's time for us to start looking at things through some new eyes. Start looking them through the way that some hurting people do, some people who can help do, and start looking at the world. Are you with me this morning? Are you following along with me? So if we're going to be the Christian. In this day and age that we are called to be, and let me tell you right now, it is getting close. Every day that goes by is another day closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And let me ask you, Christian, what are you doing? What have you been doing? What are you going to do? Most of us sit in the pew and say, well, I'm going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting for him to show back up. What we need to do is get up off of our keister and start bringing the gospel to the lost. Amen? So we need to get those new eyes going there. We need to get a new way of looking at things, like Paul says there. He says, hey, if you could, you would have given me your own eyes. We're going to be Christians in this day and age. We need to start looking at things a little bit differently. We need to start seeing things through different eyes. What eyes would you have this morning? If you could change your eyes out, what color would you have? Most people say, I want blue eyes. No, you don't. Most people say, I want green eyes. Some people say, I want brown eyes. You know what kind of eyes I want? I want to see things the way God sees them. And let me tell you something. We get some glimpses into how God sees things in the Bible. Are you ready to take a trip with me this morning as we start looking at the world a little differently? We want to look at the world a lot of times as somebody who receives an order and goes and does it. But you know what? As a Christian, we can step up and above that. Don't get me wrong. We still take orders. We still do them. We still obey. But we have the ability to look at things through the eyes of faith. Through eyes of faith. So let's look at our first example this morning. I'm going to let you out a little bit earlier as I promised. But let's look at our first example this morning. The first guy I want you to see this morning who has a problem with his eyes is one of my favorite Old Testament people. His name is Isaac. Isaac. That's right, Isaac had a problem with his eyes. In fact, if you know anything about Isaac, you know that he had a son. Anybody know what his son's name is? Esau. Very good. Anybody know he has another son? What's his son's name? Esau and Jacob. And the Bible tells us that the older Isaac gets, the more dim his eyes become. He has a hard time seeing things. Do you know somebody like that right now? The older they get, the more set in their ways they become. Did you know something? Listen to me now, Christian. The longer you stay in your sin, the more set in it you become. Some of us have grabbed a hold of sin and start saying, well, I see it this way, and that's the way I want to hold on to it. And I don't want to see it any other way. 
Now look with me in Genesis 27. Now let's read verses 21 and 23 here. I don't have the time to give you the whole background of Isaac, but what you need to understand is that Isaac has come to the point where he believes he's about to die. Now, if you want to know the truth of it, he lives a little bit longer than what he believes he's going to do, but he sends his sons out on an errand. Well, he sends one son out on an errand, the other son overhears it. And the son he sends out is his favorite boy. And the reason why he's his favorite boy is because he's an old roughneck of a boy. Esau. Esau is one of those kids that has a rough, tough attitude. He's a man of the woods. He's one of those dudes. Let me just put it to you like this. If we were to put him in the year 2023, he is a marble man, right? He's one of those guys that's super tough. I thought that would bring a smile to you for a minute there. He's one of those tough guys. Nothing affects him. Nothing bothers him. He knows. He's confident. He's got his dad's love. And you know what the bad news is? He probably really doesn't care that much about the mom. Because he knows his future is wrapped up in dad. Now, the other boy we have, his name is Yaakov, or Jacob. And Jacob has got it made with mom, but he doesn't quite have it. He's still made with dad. Yeah, well, that's just what God's in his family. And you can start seeing things through the eyes of faith. Quit looking at them through the eyes of Jacob. That's what I'm preaching to you this morning. If you're going to be the Christian God has called you to be, if you're going to be the preacher God has called you to be, the teacher God has called you to be, the deacon God has called you to be, the witness God has called you to be, then you've got to stop playing favorites and you've got to start looking at people the way God looks at them. And here's the deal about God. God doesn't play favorites, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He doesn't pick one person. He doesn't pick one color. He doesn't pick one race. No, He's given His Son for every single one of us. We've got to start looking at it through eyes like that. We've got to look through brand new eyes. And some of us need to get on our knees and say, God, give me new eyes. My eyes have blinded me. They've taken me away from the things I'm supposed to be looking at. I, start, I need to start looking at things through the eyes of faith. Isaac, look with me in verse 21 of Genesis 27. Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may fill you. Now, you know the story. He has given Esau the mandate. Hey, buddy, go out there and get me some venison, some game, right? Go out there and cook it for me. How many of you know that there's the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach? Amen? If you want to get there even quicker, make it barbecue. Here is Isaac. He's ready to die, and he's like, I want to have a condemned man last meal, and I want to eat barbecue. Praise God, this guy's a future of bad decisions right there. There he is. He's excited about it. I want you to go kill a deer. I want you to make some savory over the flames, kissed by the flames, meat. Bring it to me, Esau. And Esau steps out. Now, a lot of us get to thinking when we read the story here that Esau is actually going out hunting. Wrong. Wrong. That's what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to go out hunting. Now, remember, this is a long time before four-wheelers were used in deer hunting. Go like this. This is a long time before deer corn was used in deer hunting. This is a lot longer than before they had 30-odd six rifles. They were hunting them with spears and with bows and arrows. That means they had to crack this deer. They had to chase this deer. They had to get that deer up against the wall or against the cliff or somewhere it couldn't get past you so you could shoot it with your bow and arrow. It's not like you could just pull out your 9 millimeter. No! No, that's not the way it was. So this was a task that was supposed to take some time. 
for Esau. However, Esau does not take a lot of time. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us about that. Because Jacob and his mama overhears the plan. In fact, she actually gets up to Jacob and says, Hey, I've overheard what your father's telling Esau to do, so I need you to go quickly kill one of the goats, one of the kids out there. Now, if you read a, a, a more older Bible, like the King James, it's going to say kill one of the kids. And so we have a lot of problem with translation nowadays. Some moms are like, that gives me permission to beat my kid to death. Wrong. Wrong. It's a goat, okay? So you can't do that. Then. Go kill one of the kids, dress it, so bring it to me so that I can make it spicy and savory like your father likes. I'm going to make it taste like the beef fajitas, like the deer fajitas he's wanting to eat. I'm going to put some habaneros on it. And if one of my deacons were here this morning, I would say they're going to put some Apollo sauce on it for you. Here's the picture, though. She knows what her husband likes. And so she gives this picture, bring me the spicy, savory food. I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to go in and get your brother's blessing. And, of course, Jacob, out of sudden, is hit with reality. Esau's a hairy man. Esau's hairy. He smells like the field. And so we're getting our first picture, our first lesson here. And when we look at things through the eyes of faith, we need to remember, now listen to me quickly now, church, we need to remember that faith never, ever, ever comes by what you see. It always comes by what you hear. That's our picture in the Bible here. And so Jacob is going to hear his son, excuse me, Isaac's going to hear his son Jacob's voice, but he's going to So, you know what happens? Jacob goes and he kills that goat. He puts the hair on his arm. He puts some of his brother's clothes on because his brother has a particular smell. And he walks in there and he says, Yo, Dad, I'm paraphrasing, okay? Yo, Dad, I'm successful. God bless me. I brought you some venison the way you like it. Save the land. That's a Hebrew way to say spicy, baby. Look with me in verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Because this is where Jacob walked in trying to fool his father. Verse 22. Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Why does he feel that? He put that, the, the, the skin of the gum there. Verse 23. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he left. You understand the picture we're seeing here? Isaac heard the truth. Isaac heard what was happening. Isaac heard, but Isaac said, Don't do it. I don't believe it. Did you understand Jesus said? He was sitting in the pew saying, I've got to see God doing something before I get involved. You know, when Israel got its attack yesterday, I had 100,000 people. Now, praise God, I want you to question me. I had 100,000 people start saying, is this the end of the world? And I want you to know something right now. And you need to listen to me quickly now. Every single one of us need to listen to it. When it comes to end times, it's up to God, not up to me. Amen? God picks, God chooses, God knows the time, and we're going to trust in God Almighty. If this is the beginning of the year, then you better get yourself ready. And you got to start out by being a Christian. You're not a Christian. You are not going to make it. In fact, I'm not going to make it. If you look right here, you see that a pipe over there. Isaac heard the truth, but he trusted in what he could see. I'm not going to make it either. You know, there's a pun in every sentence. 
see it yet. All right. So Isaac was supposed to walk by faith. Every good Christian is. Walk by faith, not by sight. He chose to bear witness to what he could see. He said, I'm going to give him what I can see. Now, he could see with his eyes, but he could see with his fingers. He could see with his sense of smell. You know what else he could see with? What he could taste. Somebody say amen. He could see like that. But his hearing, and I'm not going to listen to that. We do that with God all the time. I mean, you sit in the seat every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning comes around, the Holy Spirit talks to you. The Holy Spirit says, get up, go forward, get right, and you don't listen. And you're like, God's going to be a sign. God is speaking. Perhaps you're online this morning. You say, I need a sign to start coming to church. You just got Get up and get yourself in the church. Look with me in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Do you know, does the Apostle Paul write that phrase, he is inspired by the Holy Spirit, because the Bible is inerrant, the Bible is inspired, and the Bible is 100% infallible. And what he's writing here is when faith comes by hearing, you've got to believe that what you're hearing is the Word of God. And when you do so, you'll find yourself listening to what God says. Let's take a look at our second guy. This Isaac, however, is a picture of how we sometimes don't listen to what we hear. One of my favorite guys as well in the Old Testament. His name is Samson. We did a, a Bible study on him a few weeks ago on how to not get a haircut. Amen? See, some of you need to come to some of those Wednesday night Bible studies. How do you not get a haircut? Well, let's take a look at Samson here. He gets his eyes put out, did you know? Do eyes make him a great man? No. Can I tell you something spiritual this morning, church? You don't need to see what God is doing to believe what God is doing. What you need to do is start walking by faith and not by sight. That means you need some new eyes. And I'm here to tell you, if your brothers and sisters around you can pluck their own eyes out so you can see they would. There's a mama or a daddy in this church who's a believer in Jesus Christ that has a child that doesn't believe that they would not eyes out and give it to their son or to their daughter saying, if you could see what I would see, you would believe right now. There's a lot of Let's look at Samson. Judges 16, 20, 21. Let's go quickly now. You know the story of Samson? Samson is born. Samson becomes a Nazarite. Samson has long, beautiful, luscious hair. And Samson just puffed out. He's strong. Let's find out what's happening. Said, this will be Delilah. Hey, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And you know what? That attack in Israel came from Gaza Strip. You know who lives in the Gaza Strip? The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times. Shake myself free. That's what Samson used to do. He used to shake himself in his great strength. He used to shake himself and they would go flying off of him because they could not hold him down. The Bible tells us at this point he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Why? Because Samson started trusting what he could see instead of trusting what he could hear. He started trusting that God could show me something instead of God telling me something. And your prayer this morning, Christian, should be God speak to me. God talk to me. God give me a word because it's 
your word that my heart craves. And it's the word of God right now that the United States is missing because we've taken his word out of school. We've taken him out of our court system. We've taken him out of our politics. We've taken There's even churches that are taking the word of God out of it. We need to get back to that. Start looking with different eyes. Samson didn't see Then the Philistines took him and put out his eye. That's right. They took out his eye and brought him down to God. Sometimes, Christians, we become more spiritual when we quit trusting what we see. We start trusting what we feel. What are you supposed to be hearing? Remember what Romans 10, 17 told us? The Word of God. There are 66 books of the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to God. Where they bound him with bronze feathers and he became a grinder. So how did Samson end up when he trusted in what he could see? He got his eyes took out. He needed some new eyes. And let's take a look at the new eyes he's going to get here. Look at me in chapter 16, verse 28 of Judges. The Bible says, And Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. He began, he began praying to God, and God answered him. Why? Because Samson, for the longest time, had quit praying. Samson, for the long time, had quit trusting in God. Samson had begun trusting in himself and what he could see. And finally, without his eyes, he calls upon the Lord God. And how many of you know what the Bible tells us? If you will call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Amen? You'll read the rest of the book of Judges there. You're going to find out he killed more Philistines right then and there than he did anywhere else. Samson's a tough guy. He kills a bunch of people with a donkey bone. Oh, yeah, but he did it. I mean, you also know that as a Nazarite, he was a folk of that dead donkey bone, too. Why? Because he was walking by. Things that we don't see, the things that we truly not see. You want to know something? When we're looking at ourselves, we overlook a lot of things. Don't we? 
When we're judging ourselves, we overlook a lot of things.
will get out early and we will beat the Methodists to dinner tonight. Amen? Enjoy your extended weekend. Uh, I want to invite you to prayerfully consider being a part of our rummage sale coming up. I invite you to prayerfully consider being a part of our Operation Chicken Shop fundraising with the dinner coming up in November. Um, so I think that's why I think we're going to bring that to the minister closing that word in prayer. And I will see you guys this evening.